Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello. What a treat it is to have you join me on the With Mon podcast. I'm your host, Monica O'Hanlon. And I have a truly eye-opening episode for you today. We're doing something a little different. This week, I'm sharing my very first documentary-style episode. That's right, together, we're peeking into the strange and extraordinary world of the glory hole. And not the glass-blowing kind, though we will touch on those a little later. So if there are any kitties around, maybe hit the pause button for now and have a little listen later on or pop on the headphones. So, glory holes. Let's get to the bottom of them. According to Wikipedia, a glory hole is a hole in a wall or partition, often between public lavatory cubicles or sex video arcade booths and lounges, for people to engage in sexual activity or observe the person in the next cubicle while one or both parties masturbate, teabag or fillet. That's Wikipedia's definition, and quite a mouthful. But where did they come from? Who was the first person to put their, you know, in a hole? I'm glad you asked because it's actually pretty interesting. I think the first time I ever stumbled across a glory hole was in that movie, The Sweetest Thing. You're too big to fit in here. Too big to fit in here, ow! Too big to fit in here. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> but glory holes have been around way before Cami Diaz was a twinkle in her father's grandfather's great grandfather's eye. In fact, a number of historians believe to have traced glory holes back thousands of years to ancient Egypt. Now, I do need to put in a disclaimer here because there is quite a lot of speculation. I mean, it was so long ago. But I found a number of articles which looks at a certain hieroglyph which looks very much like a glory hole. Google glory hole Egyptian hieroglyphs if you're curious. It looks pretty legit to me. Now, as trade increased between European, Middle Eastern and African nations, apparently so too did the prevalence of the glory hole. There were glory holes within the ancient Roman Empire. Similarly, similarly, how do you say that? Similarly? Similarly. Similarly. Fuck me. 
Similar to our modern-day glory hole, they had openings known as fornices. They were used in public bathhouses and served as meeting places for secret encounters and anonymous pleasure. In medieval Europe, they called them peeping holes and apparently were quite popular in certain monastic establishments. I found early evidence of glory holes everywhere from Greece, throughout Asia. Holes were popping up everywhere. We're going to jump forward a bit now to a pretty significant moment in the history of the glory hole, all the way to the turn of the 18th century. Now, to set the scene and to add a bit of context, this period in time was not particularly friendly towards the LGBTQIA community, and that, of course, included homosexuals, or how they were referred to then as sodomites. A religious revival was rocking Western European society, inspiring new laws to govern sexual practice and deviancy. Even a whiff of homosexuality could lead to prison or forced labour. So, as you can imagine, with all this increased scrutiny on homosocial and non-normative behaviour, a lively subculture was really coming into its own. It was under this threat of persecution that the term cruising was coined from the Dutch word kruisen. According to historian Tim Blanning, this term described the activity of men meeting with other men to, you know, yeah. People were cruising basically everywhere, from public toilets to courthouses, you name it. So the year is 1707 and a court case known as the Trials of Thomas Vaughan and Thomas Davis is underway. Now, it's interesting not only for documenting a well-organised blackmail ring, Thomas Vaughan was a notorious villain, he and Thomas Davis were convicted of trying to extort money from Mr Barker, an apothecary, and Mr Gwillem, a tallow chandler, by threatening to denounce them for sodomy. According to literary historian Richter Norton, it's in this historical moment that we find the first documentation of a recognisably modern glory hole. And as we've already heard, this is certainly not the first time in history someone put their penis through a stall partition, but this is the first time we have it on record. If you want to read more about this case, I'll put the link in the show notes. Now, unfortunately for the queer community, things didn't really improve for quite some time. In 1885, England passed a law making any homosexual act illegal with or without a witnessed account. Even overly friendly letters became grounds for prosecution. This gave homosexual men even more reason to hide, lest they end up like Oscar Wilde. So, as well as being great for people who were excited by anonymous sexual encounters, glory holes were also used out of fear of being outed.
It wasn't until 1949 when the term glory hole in this sexual context first appeared in text. It was found in the glossary of an anonymously published pamphlet called Soisant Nerf's Gay Girl's Guide. This pamphlet provided a definition of the glory hole as a phallic-sized hole in partition between toilet booths, sometimes used also for a mere peephole. Things were finally looking up for queer communities throughout the US and the UK in the 1960s with the decriminalisation of homosexuality. A mystery disease known as the gay plague has become an epidemic unprecedented in the history of American medicine. Unfortunately, in the 1980s, things took a turn for the world, and in particular for the queer community, with the emergence of the HIV-AIDS crisis. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. By the late 1990s, Finding glory holes in public restrooms became increasingly rare. However, they continued to be found in sexually permissive gay clubs and the backrooms of pawn shops, becoming common fixtures in those environments. But, dear listeners, this isn't the end of the glory hole. Not at all. During the pandemic, the glory hole had never been so relevant. In fact, in 2020... New York City health officials released a safe sex guide for those living in America's COVID-19 epicentre. Among the guidelines was a suggestion to, and I quote, make it a little kinky, be creative with sexual positions and physical barriers like walls that allow sexual contact while preventing close face-to-face contact. That's right. New York City encouraged you to bring back the glory hole. So the old pee-in-the-hole glory hole has been around for a while. But what about the glass-blowing kind? I hadn't heard the term until Netflix Blown Away came about and I got completely obsessed and was convinced my purpose on this planet was to become a glass-blower. Now, that lasted a whole hot minute, but my curiosity on the glory hole never faded. If you don't know what a glory hole is in the glass-blowing context, it's a high-powered furnace burning at well over 500 degrees Celsius. The glassblower uses a blowpipe to gather molten glass from the furnace and then shapes it using various tools. The glory hole is used to reheat a piece of glass. Now, it's incredible to watch, so if you haven't seen Blown Away, I highly recommend it. But it left me questioning... Which came first, the glass or the, uh, 
Glassblowing is an ancient art that dates back to the Roman Empire. Just like those faunuses, aka glory holes, used in public bathhouses, which we spoke about earlier. So much in common already, who defunk it? The first large glass workshops were set up by the Phoenicians in the birthplace of glass blowing, in contemporary Lebanon and Israel, as well as the neighboring province of Cyprus, dating back to approximately 4th century AD. The glass blowing tradition was carried on in Europe from the medieval period through the Middle Ages to the Renaissance. The first recorded use of the term glory hole in the glass blowing context appears in an 1849 text called Curiosities of Glassmaking by English glassware manufacturer and politician Apsley Pellet. So ultimately, who truly owns the term glory hole? Glass blowers might argue they had it first, but let's be honest. When most people hear those words, they're not thinking about that beautifully crafted candlestick or a perfectly rounded vase. But that's not the point. A glory hole, by its very nature, is democratic and open to all. It doesn't discriminate based on who you are or what you desire. It's a space that accommodates diverse desires and creates a sense of shared pleasure. So instead of bickering over ownership, let's celebrate the fact that the glory hole has become a symbol of freedom, exploration and acceptance. It's a reminder that in the realm of pleasure, we are all equal and deserving of satisfaction. And if you haven't had enough glory holes just yet and you live or are planning to visit Western Australia, you're in luck. In 2018, the Western Australian Museum added a historic glory hole to its collection. The hole had been situated in the toilet stall of the Albany Highway side of the Gosnells train station, but was removed and saved in 1997 before the toilet was demolished. So there you go. Much like a glory hole, we started on one side and ended in the other. Thank you so much for joining me. Remember, if you enjoyed it, please don't forget to hit the follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening. You could also help me out by giving Withmon five stars and a lovely review. And if you really enjoyed it, feel free to share it with a mate. And I know this is a little different from my usual work, but I would absolutely love to hear your thoughts. Did you like it? Perhaps there's something I could change or improve. All my contact details are in the show notes, so please come and say g'day. Thanks for sticking around. I'll see you next week for another fascinating episode of the With Mon podcast. My name's Monica O'Hanlon, signing off with a reminder to embrace pleasure, openness and acceptance in all aspects of life. See ya. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.